everyone. Welcome to Behind the Numbers. This is the show where we dig deeper to understand what matters most in business. I'm Dave Bookbinder, Senior Director at CFGI, where I help my clients with their most important accounting and finance needs. Today, I'm really super excited to, uh, to welcome Keith Campagna, who's VP of Sales at the ROI Shop, and he's also a co-host of the Geeks Geezers and Googleization nice. podcast on W4CY Radio. Yep. Keith, yep. welcome to Behind the Numbers. Pleasure to be here, Dave. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. Tell the audience a little bit about who you are, and then we'll jump into this this Triple G podcast as I talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. So right now, I'm the Vice President of Sales at the ROI Shop. What we do is provide software to sales organizations that help them quantify how they make or save their prospective buyers money. That's one of the things I do. Uh, I also co-host the podcast, Geek Skeezers and Googleization, which is a thought leader type HR focused podcast where we talk about the future of work. We have HR technology leaders, thought leaders, book writers, present company included, uh, came onto the show and we just talk about the future of work. And for me, it's fascinating to see how there's artificial intelligence and emotional intelligence all starting to rise. and. You know, I've had a career in HR tech, selling a lot of enterprise software in HR tech. And so I've seen the human element of businesses evolve. And now it's just a fascinating place to be. Yeah, let's talk more about that. How did you get involved in, well, I'm just going to call it Triple G because it's yeah. hard for me to yeah, say yeah. those three words yeah. without tripping over my own tongue. It's funny, Geek Skeezers and Googleization rolls off of my tongue. And even Ira Wolf, my, the host, he stumbles on it. And so it's... Uh, so I was doing a Disrupt HR talk, which is like TED Talk for HR, mm -hmm. with Ira. Ira sat next to me. He, had, he was presenting his book, Recruiting in the Age of Googleization, and I was presenting to a room full of HR professionals about the idea that work-life balance is an outdated myth, that workplace stress could be a competitive advantage if you learn how to help people fix it. And so I officially announced my life-work integration consulting concept. And then him and I started talking, and at the time I was working for Jobvite, which is a recruitment software company, Silicon Valley based, and he had used our data in his book. So we just connected, he's building his brand, he's like a lifelong marketer, and then here I am looking to build a brand, uh, working for a Silicon Valley company, they're progressive in the way that they let you be creative. So I was out there on LinkedIn, started doing presentations at conferences, boom, the podcast showed up, and... Uh, Year and a half later, we've got over 10,000 monthly listeners and having a great time. That's cool. And it, you mentioned it's kind of HR-centric. Is it exclusively HR or do you go down different paths too? No, it's really about the future of work. And the future of work is people. And so it started as an HR project just because where do most people, where, what, what department inside of organizations has people as their primary element? And... and in today's world, where you see the talent marketplace has reduced the, like unemployment is almost zero. So the value of people is skyrocketing. And so organizations historically haven't looked at opportunities like that. They look at product development, they look at growing sales, but now it's a matter of developing people and that is abundant throughout the business globally, the business world. And what are organizations doing to develop people? Is it kind of a learning and development training type centric oh, thing? It's it's. It's a madhouse right now. The people out there, historically speaking, so let me take it back a step. Historically speaking, human resources for the last eight or nine decades has been a, a cost center. It's been viewed as a cost center. And cost centers don't generate revenue, which means they don't get investment, they don't get technology, they don't get training. 
that was when the talent marketplace had more available people than job openings. That has completely shifted in these last 10 years. And now the one department inside of most companies that has been lagging in progressive mindset, technology, automation, they're the ones responsible. So everyone's trying to figure out how to get employee engagement involved. So it's part people, it's part learning, it's part reskilling, because now at the same time, technology is skyrocketing in its capabilities. But they don't have people to do it. They don't know. So there's this... Uh, uh, ebb and flow of what do we do next and who are we as an organization? How do we attract people before we lose people? It's incredible. Yeah, so talent attraction, talent retention. I mean, turnover is expensive yeah. uh, dollars-wise. And then, of course, the opportunity cost when you lose that embedded you know, soft skill knowledge, so to speak. You talk about engagement, all right? So historically, employee engagement is is basically thirty percent. So seventy percent, yep. or seven out of ten people that you meet are are not really engaged in their day to day job. Yep. Are, are there technology solutions that can help you either measure it or improve it? Absolutely, absolutely. There, right now, inside of the HR tech world, you see a a growing number of vendors, companies that are designing what I'll call feedback loops so that individuals coming into the workforce and individuals at the tail end of their careers have a sense of engagement. And, and the way to maximize time is to provide a software that makes it easy for them to give engagement, to give their feedback, to ask questions to the organization. Maybe it's their manager, maybe it's HR. But in order to do that in a way where people feel as though they're being heard, which is a big thing anymore. You look at the 35 and younger uh, workers, they want to know that they're doing, they're a part of something. Yeah. And so that's what the, the software does. And now, you know, and I could talk for hours about this because the next step is okay. You've got the engagement. What's the content of that engagement? What's the goal? And now you're talking about like, where's the company going? How transparent are they? Now we're talking about building a culture, right? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. It's all connected. Yep. Uh, but you've got to start somewhere, right? So for, for those folks who are watching and listening, when you hear about employee engagement, um, I think there's an intrinsic understanding of it matters. But talk a little bit more, if you would, about the, the, the so what. So the engagement is the what, but the yeah. so what. Why, why is it so absolutely critical? Yeah. And, and this is where we're having a ton of fun over with the ROI shop. Because what we do is we, we address and identify the value of something. So now we, let's look at the value of employees inside of organizations. Companies, now the, the SEC is a part of this. Like there, there's a, new, a newer uh, international standard organization code where there's tying. They're saying, you know, as a company, most companies simply don't know what their human capital value is. And I know I'm preaching to the choir about that, right? And to see companies now recognizing, like on a high level financial, what is the impact of our human capital in terms of the value of our company? You've talked about that with Laura Queen on the show, yeah. right? So now companies are saying, if we want to prove that we're a valuable company, maybe to get acquired or maybe to just demonstrate how good we are as an organization, they need to quantify here we go back to quantifying the value of their, their human capital. And they don't have the tools. They don't know. All of this is new. You know, uh, what is it? Mother is the 
Creativity is the mother of necessity or necessity? Necessity is the mother of invention. Of invention. Yeah. So now because there aren't enough people, like right now people are quitting their jobs more than ever. They're not showing up for the first day of work more than ever. Uh, and it's not about money. People are trying to find connectivity. And so what companies are trying to do now is figure out how they could become valuable partners to people in their lives, which is why I call it. So, so with that, they're, able, they're trying to figure out what are the metrics that, that, that are people, in a very human capital sense, what are the metrics and how do they impact our growth? Because historically speaking, that has been in revenue, that has been in productivity, production, right? Units sold, cost of goods sold, all of this stuff. It's been looked at almost like a cost model. But now what companies are saying, like, if we have this unbelievable product and we have 20% turnover every year in our company, or 10 or 15, all of that human capital is leaving. And that's got to have some sort of a negative impact. How do we correlate that? And so there's a ton of work now going into it. And even the, the SEC is making it part of their, their, I think they've gone full, I think that there, there's what, a, a timeline in 2021 where you have to start reporting what your, these human capital metrics are so people can see what you got going on as a culture. Yeah. Did that answer your question? Yeah, that's good stuff. For people watching and listening who want to learn more about you or if they want to contact you, how can they do that? Uh, the easiest way is to go to keithcompagna.com. Or you could hit me up on LinkedIn, uh, K-E-I-T-H-C-A-M-P-A-G-N-A. Gotcha. So you mentioned, and we only have about a couple of minutes left in this first segment, and I want to just touch on one thing. You mentioned something about work-life integration, work-life balance. Yeah. I know you've got an interesting perspective on what work-life balance really means. Would you mind sharing that? Yeah. So I think work-life balance is a fraud. It's an outdated myth as it relates to how you could work. And I've done some research, and it's a little bit of a long story, but I think I know how it got here. And the end result of two, three and a half decades of that mindset of balance has left a lot of people stressed. And that's impacted productivity. And I think that we need to shift into a life-work integrated model, which is where life-work integration, my consulting concept, comes into play. Using stress as a competitive advantage will help you as an individual, will help you as a professional, and it'll move itself into the organization and help you grow your team and help, help you grow your organization. And it's this idea that you don't have to think of the work and life as two separate things. You have to shift your mindset to a place of understanding what it is you want out of your life, and then you could start to whittle away about what it is you want to do about that. And there's so much new technology that's out there. There's so much going on with epigenetics, neuroplasticity, and just simple ideas that have been kind of woo-woo for the last yeah. couple decades. But now we have science. We have data. We have Stephen Kotler with Flow. The, um, they changed the name, uh, but it was the Flow Genome Project. Uh, Flow Collective, I think it is, or Flow Unlimited. But what they've done is they've used brain mapping technology and started to understand what it is that happens to us that creates flow state. And we maybe talk about that after the break, but flow state is when you're at your peak performance, where you feel and you perform at your best. So if you're stressed, you can't be in flow. However, there are ways to get to flow. And once you get there, you realize that you could create whatever you want to happen next. Maybe that's where we'll pick up after this break. Don't go anywhere. We've got to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back on Behind the Numbers after this quick pause. Take care. Don't go anywhere. Previews and more. 
I work 13 hours a day, six days a week. So when I'm off the clock, I gotta get stuff done. So when I need a snack, I need something healthy, tasty, and easy to eat. Like wonderful pistachios without the shells. They're protein powered, delicious, and great on the go. And that's perfect for me. A woman without a lot of time. Whether you're a gourmet cook or just want to eat like one, visit Rostelli Market Fresh, your home for the freshest locally sourced ingredients to please everyone who loves great food. Our organic meats, quality seafood, and free-range poultry are cut fresh to order. Chefs create culinary-inspired prep foods made fresh every day, which pair nicely with our vast selection of fine wines and spirits. Choose from handmade pastas, artisan cheeses, organic produce, and grocery items, all from the finest purveyors. Rostelli Market Fresh, from our family to yours. RVN TV is a platform for people of any industry to share their story. Over 285,000 viewers are tuning in to RVN TV shows monthly. We guarantee a great experience that you'll be sharing with everyone you know while increasing your personal and company's brand awareness. But what is your brand? According to Forbes, it's a combination of your logo, your product, your design and feel, and your personality. Did you know that aside from being a guest, we offer even more opportunities? Hey everyone, welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder and we're talking with Keith Campagna, who is a VP at the ROI shop. And before we took a break, you mentioned something about flow state and life work integration. And I, I just wanted to close the loop on that by just following up that it, it seems to me that the company has to be bought into this, right? Because when most people think about what they call work-life balance, it's the idea of I need to manage my day-to-day -day at the job, but I still need to be able to be at the soccer game or at right. the, the, the choir performance in the evening. So integrating life and work as a mindset is great, don't get me wrong, but if your employer is of the mindset that, well, you need to be here to fulfill these things and you can't go do that, right. where does this all connect for you in, in life-work integration? Yeah, so... To me, it's it's kind of it's been out there the whole time, but maybe it's been in the blind spot for most people and most organizations. If you were to agree with me that the inherent health of any organization is directly tied to the organisms working inside of it, then we have to wonder what's going on. You mentioned seventy percent disengagement, and HR people have a funny way of describing disengagement. They say things like really engaged, toxic disengaged, or kind of you know, disengaged. And what I, what I often tell the groups that I, I, I meet with is engagement, you know, saying kind of engaged is almost like a, uh, it's, it's a false impression. It's like you would go, like say you're going to go to a convention in Vegas or Miami and you're, you kiss your wife on the cheek and you say, all right, honey, I'll see you in a few days. I'm going to be kind of loyal to you. <laughs> when there is no kind of, you're either loyal or not. You're either engaged or you're not. Right. And so now let's just put that aside and say, what keeps people engaged? Or what's keeping them from being engaged? Stress. The day-to-day -day activity of stress. And businesses for decades have been taught in this kind of silly idea that they care about their employees when everybody kind of saw through it. And we all grew up realizing that they care about money. And there's a reason for that. The model is shifting. And so I call it life-work integration because balance, when you think about that seesaw of work-life balance, 
if to keep the goal is to keep it straight. But that takes a whole lot of stress to hold something completely horizontal. You could, you could, you probably couldn't hold your arms out for 10 minutes with nothing on them right. before you strain. And that's what's happening to everybody's mental well-being. And so now, if you truly want to see your company grow, how do you grow? You, you grow your employees. And you do it as a person, not as an employee. And so to do that means to change the way you're developing, to change the way that you truly care about your people. And as it turns out, that's a wonderful theory that I kind of dialed in on. But you've got all these crazy macro elements going on in the talent marketplace, in the advancement of technology. You look at AI and how everyone's not sure about how it all plays. But people buy from people. And it's all about people. So if you focus on helping your people deal with stress, they could take that into their life and then imagine having a less stressful life. You come to work more creative, more collaborative, yeah. and this stuff spreads way more effectively than the stuff about the coronavirus yeah. that's now on. I'm not minimizing the coronavirus, yeah. but the truth of the matter, this is what's called energy. And flow gets you to a place where you're harnessing your energy to a place you know, where you're in the zone. Flow is also called in the zone. If, you know, if you're a musician, uh, I guess they call it being yeah, in the athlete, pocket. Yeah. Or, right, like you're, Michael, Jackson, Michael Jordan used to say the basketball rim was this big, right? Yeah. So you just, time slows down. You're, you're in the zone, that's flow. So you can't be in flow, you can't be creative, you can't be totally you if you're afraid of things, if you're in a stressful mindset. And so there's all of this going on and again, the companies that are catching on to this are changing the way that they treat employees. They're growing. Their, their, their culture is kind of taking a life of its own. People will become cult-like, right? And that attracts people. Now, the recruiting challenge and the retention challenge goes away because you have a culture, because people are happy to be there. Can I ask you... I put you on the spot a little bit here because right now in the uh, the finance and accounting world, all the accountants out there are dealing with their busy season, whether it's in the financial statement preparation or tax return prep. They're all living in the hormones of stress every sure. day, unable to find work-life balance, life-work integration. Sure. Is there a piece of advice you could offer those folks who are watching and listening to get yeah. through their day-to-day? -day? Yeah, it's perspective. It's perspective and gratitude. Right. If you if you're in the if you feel like you're in the, the crunch time, yeah, I'm I'm a sales guy. Q4 is generally you know it's go time, right? And now it's go time for people in the accounting industry, right? But you knew it was going to be there. It was there last year. And if you change your perspective from this quarter to the year, and you see that it's all part of a process, it makes you feel more relatable. And now you're feeling relatable, you're feeling uh, a little bit more, um, or I guess less stressed In about control. being there. Right, because yeah. it's part of a bigger process. And ultimately that goes back to the idea of the way that our minds work as it relates to processing stress. It's, a, it's an inherent bias, it's an inherent ha habit. But the truth is, and this is the best part, it's totally free. The easiest thing you could do is learn how to breathe. You know, like just slow yourself down, Take a break, get some fresh air, go for a quick walk. It's free. It takes five to 10 minutes and you'll come back kind of restarting on, uh, and getting back to the work at hand. Yeah. And, and break that cycle, in, yeah. at least in the moment yeah. anyway. Don't drink a lot of salt. Like, you know, it comes back to nutrition. It comes about, not that I'm a health nut, but, you know, 
if you if you're and I know that when it comes to working long hours, you'll get the extra cup of coffee, you'll get the bigger soda, you'll get all those things that keep you going. But if you kind of flip that into, you know, you realize that those sugars and that caffeine will lift you up, but there's a crash. And that crash makes it harder for you to get back up. So if you think about that and change your diet a little bit, YouTube is the greatest answer. My biggest want of society is that they stop watching the media and start asking YouTube how they could be a happier person. Because the algorithms, or what some people call the law of attraction, comes into play, and you will get simple ideas that cost you no money, and it can literally transform the way you go through life. Yeah, good stuff. Time flies here, man. I want to make sure that we cover one other topic here before we get pushed into the, the final moments of the show. I want to talk about this concept of the future of work. Yeah. Well, what does that really mean? Yeah. And what does it look like? Well, we don't know how it looks yet, but we have an idea, and it really has everything to do with humans and technology working to be more productive, working to have a better life. You know, technology is designed to reduce the, the number of, or the, the amount of labor, right? So if you look at the way we're using technology, how can we, the future of work is gonna answer the question, how can we use technology so that we humans could reduce labor and when we reduce work, we're able to be more free. We're able to go to our kids' soccer games. We're able to leave and go to the doctor's appointment or maybe take a half day because you know what? I just need to clear my head. And we can have the access to work and technology all the time so that you can focus on who you, you know, as a human and still be as productive. And the pace of work is gonna go. I'm not a big advocate of the, for lack of better terms, the, the fear mongering. Of, of AI taking over. AI is going to force cultures and employers to reskill their employees so they could handle yeah. the automation. You know, there's a, IBM did a study and in three years, 30 some percent of the workforce is going to use some form of automation, right? So what's that mean in five years? So that means that everybody's going, not that they're gonna be outsourced or replaced by technology, but they're going to have a working relationship with it. Yeah. And so now you've got two main things. You've got employees, people, how to help them feel better about who they are so they could be more productive. And then you gotta teach them because if they're stressed, they don't learn. So now you've gotta get them to learn and then the technology makes it so easy to do. You know, so there's a lot of paradigm shifting going on now and it will be going on for the next for the foreseeable future, because this is all crazy new stuff. Yeah, it's great insight, because it's, it's really holistic. What I'm hearing is this this whole thing is holistic. It's technology, it's mindset, it's diet, it's it's so many components yep. uh, that comprise us as individuals. Keith, how can people contact you if they want to learn more yeah. about you, or if they want to find the podcast, what can they do? Yeah, so that's right, Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization. Uh, Googleizationnation.com, you can sign up and get alerts. Check me out on LinkedIn. There's the ROI shop, and then there's uh, KeithCompagna.com. A lot of ways to get a hold of you. Yeah. We only have a couple minutes left in the program here, but I wanted to ask you this, this: what could be the last question here is, when we think about all this holistic integration that you're just describing, uh, one of the challenges that I hear all the time from both finance professionals and HR professionals is that they don't always speak the same language. Uh, may, they may have the same goals in mind, but somewhere in this communication chain, there seems to be a disconnect in how to get to that that place. What, what's the future for HR and finance in bringing them more closely together? Yeah. Um, collaboration. It's, you know, 
it's a, like sales 101. What's the problem? What problem are we looking to solve? If you put that out there, and, and I tell, when I speak in front of HR groups, I say this often enough, be the disruptor. Don't wait for something to disrupt you as an HR person. Go to your finance leaders, get 15 minutes of time, and ask them what they think about what the company can do. Start gathering information. And, and that, to me, is the key. Like Just put it out there. Understand that you're either going to be the victim or the victor, and make a choice. Disrupt HR. Yeah. So being a disruptor takes a lot of risk in, in, in doing such a thing. Right. Yeah? right, which is where you, know, you had mentioned the, the holistic approach and, 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 and how it's resonating with you. Let's not forget, it's about business. So where are the metrics? Maybe yeah. start there. What do we know and what's in the way of getting to where we want to go? And then we just move that, those obstacles out of the way. But you have to quantify. You have to take the time, HR and finance, to work together and then build up, you know, work through the leadership organization. And now we're, now we're back to talking about development, right? So it truly is, the future of work is collaboration. And if the internet, if the internet taught us anything, it's that once you put it onto a network, you can do any. You can you can change yeah. the world. Yeah, and you never know where it's going to wind up. Yeah. I see that all the time. Yeah. And people who are watching this program, they can learn more about this topic by checking out the uh, the Triple G podcast. Yeah, yeah, Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Yeah, we've got phenomenal people. We've got uh, you know like global economists who talk with very real accuracy about what they feel is going to happen. And you'd be surprised. Again, if you watch the news, you think that all hell is breaking loose. But when you look at the numbers, they say that there's not that much to worry about and everything's going to be okay. There you go. And that's a good note to leave this. So thanks so much for joining us today. We've been talking about all things related to HR and the future of work with Keith Kempagner from the ROI Shop. I'm Dave Bookbinder. If you'd like to connect with me after the program, feel free to hit me up on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. And be sure to hit the subscribe button here so you can stay in contact with us for what we're doing in the future. Thanks again for watching and listening. Take care. We'll see you next time on Behind the Numbers.